Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yeah. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. What's up, Seminole Headlines podcasters? Thanks so much for listening to the program. As always, the podcast brought to you in part by our friends at the Morgan Law Group. Today, no different. Appreciate them enabling us to do this for you. What else they'll do for you is uh, work hard throughout the state to ensure uh, that the insurance companies are doing the right thing and they're not acting in bad faith. Uh, they will they'll get after the insurer if they are. They'll inspect and assess the loss on your behalf. By the way, they are throughout the state just because an insurance company tells you no or there's a certain amount that they're willing to give out doesn't mean that's the end of the story. Find out more. Go to policyadvocate.com. That'd be policyadvocate.com. Or call 888-904-2524. Onward we go with Seminole Headlines. It's time for Seminole Headlines, presented by Capital City Bank, featuring ESPN Tallahassee's Jeff Cameron, Warchant.com's managing editor, Ira Chauffel, and senior writer, Corey Clark. Your weekly dose of all things FSU, pistols, and pies starts right now. Here's Jeff Cameron. The Seminole Headlines, 97.9 ESPN Radio begins right now. I sound and feel a little rusty, but I'm excited to be back in the saddle. I see my boys on the screen. We're not in studio. There's Corey Clark. There's Ira Chappelle. They work for Warchant.com. I'm with ESPN Radio. You guys know that. And Register Sausage is our sponsor, our fantastic sponsor of hour number one. I just sit back and I think it's going to be a fun negotiation the next time that contract comes up. We've made them so much money. We are God's gift to Register Sausage. They are so fortunate to have us. But God's gift to sausage in general, really. That's true. true. But if you want to specify registers, is we've made them... I, would you say, Ira, they're the biggest sausage company in the world right now? I'll say it. The states, yeah. certainly the states. Yeah, I'll say it. And and uh, you know, as I said, the, I told you guys the other day in a text when I was out at uh, Norvell's camp over the weekend, a young lad, I don't know, maybe eight years old, when his father came up to me and uh, he uh, proclaimed, "Yay, sausage! It has mm. taken over the world." And we've got the T-shirts coming out. Ben uh, tweeted out the T-shirts the other day with the uh, Sweet well, Pea promo code. Because he felt bad about just completely, either overlooking or not caring about my birthday. Well, it's, it I was, think it was a little bit of both. <laughs> yes, feels you're like not, it was a little bit of both. You're not the big five zero, buddy. Uh, yeah, so. I mean, yeah, yeah, but he, you, I, it made me like I thought. Okay, that must have been why I didn't get a promo code because I didn't turn fifty, and you guys did, so that made sense. And then he came out and said, "Oh no, it was a huge oversight. I didn't know it was Corey's birthday." And that, that, I mean, Ben, let's be honest. How many spokespeople do you have? You lose track of their birthdays? There's only three of us to keep up with. Let's yeah, go, Ben. Yeah. By the yeah. way, Ira, you should continue what the text, the, what the kid usually says. <laughs> so, no, that was my favorite part of that interaction was what the kid usually says, which 
I'm so proud of us. We've got children saying things, phrases like this, Ira. What phrase does he normally say in the car? So the kid tells me, yay sausage, tells me he's a big fan of the show. And he walks away and his dad is laughing. And he's like seven, right? And, yeah, he's like seven or eight years old. And then I walk past the dad again later, uh, about 20 minutes later, and he goes, he goes, yeah, I'm glad he didn't say what he usually says, which is, uh, here's some sausage for that ass. Man. Which, which he I mean, also got from the show. That is so great. I mean, how many oh, times boy. has that little boy said that in front of his mother? Yeah. I, I, <laughs> and the guy, the guy was like, the guy was like, I said, man, I'm sorry. And he goes, he goes, no, I don't mind. It's funny. It's like, all right, cool. Maybe yeah. when the mom or dad gives them sausage in the morning, that's what they say to him. There's a little yeah. sausage for There's that. There's a little ass. sausage for that ass. Eat it. Yeah. Let's get to school. <laughs> well, if what you, a glorious uh, breakfast. If you want some registered sausage, you can get it at stores across North Florida, into Georgia and Alabama. And if you want to order it online, registermeats.com. They'll have it shipped to you. Some uh, One of our listeners tweeted me a picture the other day. He got, I think, 30 pounds for July 4th. Jesus. Something crazy. 10 yeah. pounds, 30 pounds, some outrageous amount of sausage for uh, some festivities for July 4th. So you can get yours at registermeats.com. Well, we haven't been together in a while, guys, so I don't know how you want to proceed. I know I saw an award channel. I got back from Pittsburgh last night, and uh, I was able to kind of start to, to take a cursory glance at what I may have missed while I was ignoring the local sports world. Uh, and I did see that you guys decided to embark on the top 40 list that I'm a part of. Um, mm. That's always an interesting exercise. We have documented that before. Uh, and I saw that, uh, that, that you've started to post the top 40. Are we up to 20 now? Where are we? Where, where are we at here? Yeah, I think we're at 21, 21 through 40 so far. But first of all, are you, are you recharged from the vacation or are you, st or are you more drained? Was this a activity laden? We know you went to the baseball games. You did the, uh, father's day with the boys at the pirates game. Are you recharged right now? Or are you, do you need to recover from your vacation? Yeah, and I know why you asked it because you can see me on the screen, and I look like ass. And so, there's no doubt, mm. you're, you're looking like you're like Cameron just got back from vacation. He looks beleaguered, dark circles under his eyes. Not real sure he got any rest. Well, you'd be right, Ira. We had early morning flights, and ordinarily that's not a problem. But when you're at a baseball game late into the evening, the night before, and uh, you got to get up and get to, you know, by the way, what are we doing? I understand security. Why do you have to be at the airport two hours before your flight? That's what it recommends on there time and again. And, you know, when we left to go to Pittsburgh, had we not got there two hours ahead of time, we wouldn't have made the boarding. It was, it was ridiculous how long it took us to go through all of the security measures. And then they switched our gate. So there was a lot of stuff going on. So to clarify, to clarify for some of our confused listeners, you're not flying out of Tallahassee International. Oh, Airport. God. Who flies out of Tallahassee? <laughs> well, <laughs> you first just... come in and for flights. It's a sorry ass, <laughs> embarrassing airport. It's a humiliation to the city. It's the <laughs> dumbest thing in the world that we're the capital. They should move the capital because of that airport. They ought to tell everybody, guys, you're a bunch of losers in Tallahassee. You can't get it together with your flights. We're taking this show on the road to Tampa where they have a real international airport. Mm. People get to and fro and mm. find flights all over the damn world but in tallahassee you want to fly to atlanta you're out of luck it's ridiculous we're we're uh we're not getting that sponsorship anytime yeah soon. look the tallahassee airport sponsorship i was in talks with give us seven dollars i was in talks <laughs> with them but i guess i'll put those on pause for now yeah yeah they can go to hell it's an embarrassment to the city uh so, so anyhow obviously if you want to travel, other than that though how was the vacation <laughs> 
Well, Ira wanted wanted clarification on where I flew out of it. Sure as hell wasn't here. Um, It was a great vacation, guys. I'm sorry. But I am a little tired. Luckily, the weekend is nearly upon us. It'll be good. I'll, I'll recharge the engines from the vacation. I need a vacation. I'll be that cheese ball that says it. I need a vacation. And, the, vacation. and the reason we're doing it on Thursday is because next week, Ira and I will both be out of town on sort of vacations of our own. Um, it's vacation so that's time. Doing it. yeah, it's, it's what it is, folks. It's what it is. It's June. Not a ton of Florida State stuff going on. You got, But we do have the top 40, which I, I can tell both of you guys is a real pleasure to write. Especially the fir- the bottom half of this top forty when you're trying to talk write about these guys and what you can predict from them, it's it's a it's an exercise in I don't know Ira what would you say like I, I'm not d- d- disappointment. Well, yeah, but it's like I'm it's not like I'm having to make up stuff, but I'm having to be optimistic. It's an exercise in optimism <laughs> about players that haven't given you a lot of reason to be optimistic yet. But some of them are young. Some of them are young, so they haven't had a lot of time. It's a, a good exercise, Corey, to find hope. To mm. find hope where there's very little, you know, right. where you look into the you look into the darkness and you're waiting for a, a, a shimmer of light. You really gotta you really gotta get focused and, and wait wait on it. You'll yeah. you'll see it. It'll get there. Like I looked at a bunch of names. Let's say that the darkness that I peered into were five names. I waited for one of them to sparkle. Right. None of them did. They weren't sparkling. So then I would look at another five and another five. And they, too, would not sparkle. But I knew eventually one of them would flash, and I could put that name there. So it took hours. It took hours what, and hours. What's, uh, what is fascinating about it? We've been doing this, man, forever. We've been doing this, like, more than 10 years, I think. Definitely a summer exercise, yes. yeah. Yeah, the top 40. And, um, and uh, what's funny about it is usually there's some consensus. There might be, like, one outlier here, two outlier. You know, it's it's been funny to look at the different votes because, like, We'll have a guy, one of us will have a guy like 25 in our top 40, 25, 24, 27. And then somebody else will have him in that same range. And then two other people are like 39. And then one or two people are like, oh, not ranked at all. Not even like, I, 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 this yeah. guy might not as well even be on the team. And then somebody else has him 25. I laughed at that because last night I was kind of just brain dead. As I say, we got back into town and I thought, let me catch up a little bit. I know I'm going to talk to the guys in the morning. And I was looking at the list. And I did crack up every time I saw 24, 27, 26, not ranked. Yeah. That cracked me up. I'm like, I could just picture it because I put, if it was Iro, if it was Corey, I would go, I could hear their voice being like, that's sorry ass? Yeah, I could yeah. just hear them. Wow. Like, he, he's not, why do you even have him ranked? But they're, they're, so, it's, they're so interchangeable. Like, it, it, yeah. from like, from like yes. 20, yes. 21 down – you could understand why somebody might have somebody ranked 23 and another person might have them not ranked at all. And you're like, well, that's a little weird, but that's not, that's not egregious. And that's how it is for the bottom half. That's not even the bottom half of the roster. That's the bottom half of the top half of the roster. That's that's, we're not talking about 60 to 80. So again, (laughs) that doesn't mean that they're bad football players. A lot of them just haven't done much. They haven't had a chance to do much yet. Like Kevin Knowles, he might end up being really good. He's just ranked low right now. Malik McLean, people like that that are low just because you don't know what kind of impact they're going to have on this season. By the way, you're purely, so, you're purely guessing. Yeah. Yeah. I was writing, I brought this up on Wake Up War Champ, but Miko Dotson started his college football career in 2015. He was good a job. freshman at Georgia Tech in 2015. It's been an interesting path. Yeah. And he's had one year where he's actually played really well and actually been on the field and produced one year out of six. 
And he happened to lead the inter- the country in interceptions that one year. Well, I think I think if you got seven or eight years to get it, make a run at it, eventually you'll have a good year where the ball the tips go your way. Something happens. Well, and then there's some weird, <laughs> you know, there, there's some there's some challenging, I guess, situations because there's some position battles where somebody's mm-hmm. either going to be a starter or second team, or they may not play. Like. Darius Washington, I mean, he started at left tackle last year, but we don't know if he's going to be one of the main five guys this year. Um, same thing for, you know, Baby on Johnson, Dante Lucas. I mean, you bring in the guy from, uh, you know, Devontae Love Taylor will be healthy this year, you know, coming back from injury. You bring in the kid from Notre Dame. I mean, there's some, some, there's going to be, somebody's going to be left out of that group, assuming nobody gets injured. And then same thing at safety. Like Renardo Green started for a lot of the year last year at safety. I don't know that he's going to start this year. And if he doesn't start, how much is he actually going to play? So right. it's just, there's a lot of those situations where, you know, it's, it's really a completely a crapshoot because even some of the returning starters were only starters because they didn't have any other options. And now, now that they've got more options, we'll have to see how that plays out. Seminole headlines on 97.9 ESPN radio continues in a moment. Seminole headlines. will take a breather more next. Seminole Headlines returns now on 97.9 ESPN Radio. Seminole Headlines on 97.9 ESPN Radio continues now. And I would I would say this, though. Uh, I, I was walking through the airport. Obviously, I had an opportunity. Oh, no. That. No, no, Here no, no. go again. No, no. It's not our airport. Not this sorry okay. airport. It was, it was a real airport. <laughs> Great. It was an airport in Pittsburgh. Uh, and, and I saw, once again, you know, I know we went through this, but the football mags are out, and that's a dated tradition. People don't pick up the football magazines anymore. Uh, I, I suppose they all look at them online. But I always, I always uh, laugh because wherever you are in the country, the, the cover is different, obviously. And so they're, they're up there in Pittsburgh on the cover, there you have uh, a pit player. And I thought, I wonder if they get excited. They see that pit player and they go, all right, opportunity to finish fourth or fifth in the ACC this year, you know, and they pick that up. Just like when you're in town here locally, you either see a Gator or a Knoll or a Kane on the cover of those magazines. But I was reminded that within the pages of those magazines exists no flattering discussion of Florida State football whatsoever, <laughs> but rather uh, just an absence of uh, mere mentions of good players for Florida State. And that's that's part of why this exercise was so difficult. And, you know, well, um Again, not to bring up Wake Up Warchan again, but I'm going to. We we were talking about because the over under in Vegas is what five? It's five and a half. Five and a half. So, so a couple people asked this: what if we take the over or the under? Um, I thought it was a little low. I, I would I think I would I would imagine most of the money's coming on the over on that bet, uh, the public money. But then we started talking like, okay, if Florida, if every if everything goes well this year, Florida State has a good season, maybe they can get to eight wins. And that would be a good year. And then Aslan pointed out, he texted me and Ira later in the day, Dave Doran's won eight games three out of the last four years at NC State. What is going on here? Why is Florida State in a position like this that we are going to do cartwheels to reach Dave Doran NC State level? And I know the reasoning, the, the pit was so deep, which is ridiculous, but by gosh, it's not that hard in the ACC to get to eight wins. It's just not. Nobody remembers any of those NC State teams. It's not like, oh, that was, remember the great NC State team of 19? I don't know any of the players on the team. Bailey Hockman's the only player I could name on NC State, and they've won, and he's not even there anymore. And they've won eight games three of the last four years. 
it's not that hard to get back to respectability. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. It's it's not that hard to get back to respectability. It's insanity that Florida State is here right now. But it is what happens when one of your coaches decides to check out before his final season. No, we all no know act- that. It's fine. Yeah. I, I, we know why they, why they were bad the last three years. My point, I guess, is it doesn't have to be a three-year rebuild to get to eight wins. You can snap it up to eight wins really quickly if the coach yeah. knows what he's doing. Except they're really – this is almost the first year. No, you know? I know. I know. I mean, I, I'm, not, so, I'm not saying that I'm expecting eight wins this year yeah. necessarily. But thinking about 2022, you better be at eight wins or thereabouts. Oh, like, it's true. not that hard to get to eight wins when you've been at Florida State for two and a half years as a head coach, if you know what you're doing. Oh, I agree with that. I just think it's, it's crazy how some people act like you can really evaluate anything from last year from, no. the, from, from that coaching staff. Right. I mean, I just – you know, it's it's well, okay hey, now, to say the defense. I think you can evaluate a little bit. I don't so, think you can, man. I don't really don't think you can. Half right. those guys didn't want to play for Florida well, State. Yeah, that's true. I mean, you know, I, I just you know, it's I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm not trying to excuse everything away, and I'm not saying I'm not. I don't know that for sure that Adam Fuller is the answer. We'll see, but I just don't think you can evaluate anything based on what we saw last season. It's just it's almost like it it didn't exist except for to salvage some of the money in season tickets that they would have lost completely from the pandemic. I mean, literally, that's, that's all that was accomplished during that football season. Yeah, I, I got to tell you, um, I understand that Vegas number, Corey. I know you know how we arrived here, and it is depressing. But, I, you, you know, when you see those numbers, the first thing you do is just look for the automatic wins and then go from there and look at the automatic losses. And yeah. that puts you in a small pool of games in which you say, okay, what, what are the percentages? If you want to play the percentages game, like what are the percentage chances that Florida State wins these other groups of games? And that's, that's to me, that's the hard thing. Like you, there's four of those games and Florida State's got to win three of the four to get to six. Well, and like you said, Corey, the, the, they're probably getting more action on the over, but if they sit it at six and a half, they would have gotten hammered on the under. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And so, you know, it's probably a challenge. It's, it's a challenge. They also don't take huge limits on those those bets, so it's not no, like they're no, get no, destroyed. But um, but yeah, I mean, I think you know when you look at, you know, to Jeff's point, you know, I think anywhere from six to eight wins is a very positive season. Six wins is a, I think, a positive season. Eight wins is a, a very, very, very positive season. But to your point about, like, how did you get to this point? Again, I think the unfair part is it's not really fair to judge anybody that's here now with that, you know, with that standard. Um, No, no, 100%. But it's like, you know, NC State will never get, will never, should never be able to swim in the same pool as Florida State when you're looking at recruits. They don't fish in that pool. And they've been able to cobble together rosters that win eight games a year. Florida State, unless they surprise us this year, will now go five straight years without even winning eight games. They will go half a decade without one even eight-win season. And it's like, okay, well, this needs to be the end of this. After 2021, let's do something. This is is just crazy. Buy buy every kid a slingshot. I don't care. (laughs) Something has to to change (laughs) because five five years of less than eight wins – for a program that won more games than anybody for 40 years is just it's when you really take a step back and look, it's just that NC state stat that just boggles my mind. Like right now, Florida state's just trying to get to NC state's level and we don't think they're there. 
Oh no, they're they're not. That would be an upset win for Florida State. Uh, well, no, I don't know. They, they'll play them at home. I'm just saying the NC State upset. program of the last four years has been better than Florida State's program by any measure you'd want to use. Almost every program in the ACC has been better than Florida State over the last several years. Yeah. It's yeah. it's hard to it's hard to fathom that. I we mean, we're doing our all, part though. I mean, we well, are doing you know, our part, guys. We're trying to keep people entertained and engaged with this program. Well. <laughs> It's funny, you, you know, you, you do get, as you go through it, it gets kind of normalized a little bit, you know, yeah. it's like, and mm-hmm. this is what it is. It's funny. I was, I did an interview uh, that's going to be running at warchant.com with uh, Everett Dawkins who played at FSU about a decade yeah. ago. And uh, one of our one-on-one interviews. And one of the things he talked about, he's embarking on a music career. So that was one of the things we talked about, but, but before that we were talking about, you know, watching games now. And he basically said, and usually guys won't say this, you know, He's like, man, I, I just, I can't watch. He's like the last couple of years. I just can't watch because it ruins my whole weekend. <laughs> and I know, and I know what's going to happen. So I just can't watch it. He's like, I'll get excited at the beginning of the season. And then I'm like, okay, well, I can't watch this team anymore. And think about that. You know, I mean, I got, you played for this program. You, you, you were in this program for five years. You, you want nothing. And he talked about like when he was in the NFL briefly, you know, he would, you know, the trash talking in the NFL about college teams and, and all that stuff and how much pride he took in the program. And then now you can't even watch the games. That's how far it's gotten. And, and, you know, we have to watch it every week because it's our job. But, but I think that ex- it speaks to the level of frustration for the fan base. And, I think too, because the highs were so high for so long, you know, most of the programs in the ACC, don't get to experience. Clemson has, Miami has, not since joining the ACC, they haven't, but in their history, not too many of these fans or alumni or supporters of these other schools have ever reached the dizzying heights of Florida State's success, let alone sustained it. But if you're anywhere above, say, 35 years old, you know, you're, you're remembering, you know, conference titles by the bunches, 93, 94, 95, 96, 97, 98, 99, 2000, 2002, 2003, 2005, 2012, 13, 14, national championships in that era as well, three of them, in fact. You're remembering near-miss titles where you finished number two. Uh, we have the 14 straight years of top four finishes. You have all these records and numbers that blow you away that most universities have never touched. So when you're that high and you fall off a cliff and you become like those other schools, it's that much more difficult to accept. We were in that regard spoiled. Yes. Um, You know, I I remember thinking, well, Florida State will never, never be what Nebraska has fallen into now. This just this also ran team that nobody cares about and, you know, that people speak about, uh, you know, in yesteryear. They'll never be like that team, but Oklahoma that fell off a cliff and, you know, won three games and under Blake, they were terrible yeah. for years. You know, they'll never be like that. Well, I was wrong. Yeah. They did become like that. And the truth is, all of those other dynasties, all of those other dominant teams, they too had runs like this. Whether that is, you know, you go back and look, there's some terrible Alabama teams. There are decades where Alabama was fairly irrelevant. Um, you can go back and find it with Notre Dame, Southern Cal, Oklahoma, Penn State. They all had it happen. If you're around long enough, eventually it does. It's just that this is the first time we've reached this kind of low. The last decade was tough, but this is that, this is that hitting the bottom. I'm just sick of it. I'm ready to start <laughs> watching a winning football team again and covering one. It's fun. It's the reason I got into this business. It's the reason I'm in Tallahassee. 
is to cover Florida State football winning games, and I'm ready to watch it again. <laughs> Terrence Mann's cool. I like writing about Terrence Mann. That was awesome to see the other night. But I yeah. want to see a football team that matters again. I record as a front runner. He really can't handle this downturn uh, for even three or four years. He can't. If we're not playing for titles, Corey's Look, out. I, I feel like I handle it okay. It's just sometimes I'll take a step back, and it's that moment of clarity as what are we doing? This is ridiculous. Let's quit. Like Ira said, let's quit normalizing it. Let's hold Norvell's feet to the fire every loss until it turns around. But, but when? But that's, like that's, starting that's, when? But that's the whole – that's what's so frustrating about this situation. Is I think it's hard for, you know, for people to talk about because the people that you're mad at aren't here. Yeah, you know? I know. And so and, – and, and he does have that three and six now. It's next to his name. It counts. It matters. But, man, it's hard to really say that that really says anything. No, no. Uh, you the just, purpose you is – You just want to see something this year that gives you some hope. Not You're not looking for a championship, clearly. And it's weird to go into a season thinking six wins would be an improvement, but it, it would be, obviously. But you just want to see some hope where it's going in the right direction because it has been going in the wrong direction for half a decade now, at least. Well, I think I think the key here is to but look at the is. season. I, I want to be yeah. uplifting and think that we do yeah. we do all believe in the guy, and we do think it is turning. He can turn it around. He could be that guy. You just yeah. want to start seeing some proof on Saturdays. I think the key is to look at this season as a stabilizer. Like, do we stop the bleeding? Does it end here? Do we begin to see the signs that, okay, from here, all things will be better? You know, like I, last year, you went into last year, and you're just hoping they'd play football. Then, unfortunately, they did. And what you ended up seeing was one of the worst things we've ever seen. I've never – last year was the first time where I became emotionless involving Florida State football. I didn't care. I didn't – I wasn't going to allow myself to feel that kind of pain. Like, you know, we always talk about disappointment is what happens when expectations aren't met. Well, if you go into that stadium about four or five games into last year with any expectation of anything decent, then you're an idiot. I mean, there was no reason to think that anything good was going to happen at that point. The evidence was – the data points were everywhere. They weren't going to be good. They weren't going to get stops. <laughs> this was going to be a season like none other, and it was just time to move it along. And so I'd watch these games. I was almost like Norvell at the Louisville game where he's just staring off into the distance like, so this is what I've inherited. You know, mm-hmm. he's at some point in that second half, he stopped getting mad. He went from being emotional to, okay, all right, we've got a we've got a long road ahead of us, which I think is the way you have to look at it because this then has to be the stabilizing season. This can't be the season where you go, all right, conference championship or bust. No, this is the stabilizing season. Show me you know what you're doing. Show me the kids are bought in. Show me you play hard and for one another. Hit the six over. Wins. Hit the over. Get the six Just wins. Hit the over. That's all. Yeah. They might hit the, the over by they might hit the over by October, Corey. <laughs> First Ooh. seven games they've hit the over. How about that? I love it. Seminole Headlines, Audio Seven Nine, ESPN Radio continues in a moment. Seminole Headlines will take a breather. More next. Seminole Headlines returns now on 97.9 ESPN Radio. But as we continue on that point, I, I would say this: um, you know, I, I, how it looks does matter. Uh, in terms of, I mean, that's the kind of expectation that I think is reasonable is like, well, what does it look like? Uh, Yeah, let's say we agree on six wins being a successful campaign. And not everybody will agree with that sentiment. Uh, Corey, I don't think you'll you'll be doing, you know, cartwheels over six wins. Um, But, but, you know. If I do that, I better cartwheel off a bridge. 
Well, you're six wins. I'm cartwheeling off six wins, the end the end game better be going off the Golden Gate Bridge or car, something. Car, cartwheel into Appalachian Parkway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ira, if the six wins are against Jacksonville State, Syracuse, UMass, Boston College, Louisville, and Wake. Was that five or six? Did I get to that was six? Not not the most six. gratifying, probably. No, okay, uh, yeah, and, right. and, and, and I'm not sure they're going to win at Boston College. We'll see. Um, right. But I'm saying if those are your six wins, that's why it's hard to bet the over, Ira, because I'm not sure about that game. Um, it, just like I'm not sure about the weight game. Um, if those are your six wins, I don't know that anybody's going to feel great. I feel like if you get to six wins and one of them is against Here's Notre the thing. Dame, North Carolina, Miami, or Florida. Well, I don't even I don't even know. I mean, yeah, if you win one of those, that would be positive. But I really think more important than that, you know, they beat Carolina last year and it did and it that completely went away when they got housed a week later. I think yeah. what's more important is that you just don't have these ridiculous blowouts where you're not competitive. You just can't you know, I mean, maybe Clemson, maybe Clemson beat you by thirty or thirty-five, whatever. But these other games against teams that are are the better teams on, you know, Notre Dame can't be beating you by 40, uh, you know, right. Florida, Miami. I mean, th- those games, they, if those games are competitive and then you beat, you know, you win six or six other games, I think people can live with you. That, that would feel a whole lot better than what we've seen the last two years. I mean, where, where they haven't been competitive in games against bad football teams. So I think that would be a huge deal. I mean, the six wins is important, six or seven, get to a bowl game. But more importantly, I think it's just not getting blown out. I can't stress this enough. That Wake Forest game feels like the biggest game that Florida State's played in a very long time. Because if you lose to Notre Dame in the opener, you're, you're first of all, going to be a significant underdog for that game. So people don't expect you to win that game. Like you said, just don't get blown out. Make it relatively decent game. You lose, let's say, 27 to 17, <clears throat> people will live with it. And but it's not the claim in Notre Dame usually is not a team that blows people out. So that that's the one nice thing about that game. Cause they made it such a big recruiting game. People are a little bit concerned about that. They're going to have a million visitors recruits at that football game and a lot of official visits and people are a little bit worried if it doesn't go well, but Notre Dame is probably not going to blow. They're going to have a new quarterback on the road. First game of the season. They're going to be looking to run the ball 60 times in that game. I don't think Florida state, is in danger of getting blown out. So it's a game that should be close even if they lose. Let's hope. Uh, but now let's say you lose that game and then you obviously get the requisite obligatory win over Jacksonville State uh, in prime time on the ACC network, I might add. Ooh, uh, nice. But then, nice. yeah, prime time game, Corey. Uh, but then 3.30, Winston-Salem, Snuggy Hill, it is on. Mm. It, is, it, is, it is on. That is the game of the season. And I'm not even kidding. If they win that game and are two and one coming back home to beat Louisville's ass at Doe Campbell Stadium, you've got a legitimate shot to be looking at four or five and one. Right. And all of a sudden, the momentum that we so desperately crave for this program is firmly entrenched and people are paying attention. You're five and one. You're 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 ranked. You're all of a sudden you're a team of significance. Now it may all go to hell when you go up to Chapel Hill on the road and then you know, later on, a couple weeks later, have Clemson and all that stuff. But just to feel a little measure of hope, uh, you got you got to win the weight game because otherwise you're one and two, and you're just like, here we go again. Every September, my dreams are shattered. Why do I even bother? <laughs> what, what, 
what have, have you ever done a cat five maintain for a road game for, for a wake forest to road year. game? i'm telling you all right now if you're making the roadie let's keep it <clears throat> keep it together y'all get to get to the stadium early for a 3:30 kickoff on abc take should over we try uh, to, should we try hill. to should we try to take the hill again let's take yes. the damn hill plant the flag baby let's go I, I'll go hill. with you. I'm gonna go. We're making videos. We're coming. We're coming for you, Wake. This is a <laughs> serious game. Uh, the three of us, the triumvirate, are gonna be on that hill shooting videos for Warchant.com. There it is. As we take the hill and tell the story of the 2021 Knowles embarking on a season to remember, a season of retribution and turnaround. It starts there on Snuggy Hill. That's on Snuggy Hill. Well, every big uh, war ever won started somewhere, Ira. It's a battle here <laughs> or there. And we always go back and look at the significant moments that led to the victory uh, that we reflect on all those years later. Who sacrificed the most in this battle to make it possible? Here you go. Wake Forest is that battle. It's going to be a mosh pit. We are turning Snuggy Hill into a mosh pit. Those little kids <laughs> with their picnic blankets. Sorry. Sorry, Sparky. Take it to the parking lot. Yeah. Because there's mayhem on this grass. There's All nothing right. but mayhem. We're bringing the uh, here's that sausage for your ass kid from the camp. Yeah. He's coming. Yeah. He's going to take on the other eight year olds. Like we're not going to go bully around seven eight year olds, but we'll have our own little seven eight year olds mm -hmm. to bully the seven eight year olds. I do. I would say if Florida State fans were to take the hill wearing shirts that said "Here comes some sausage for that ass," <laughs> I, that, I mean that is very intimidating. I mean they, people would not mistake that we were here. We were playing for keeps. We're, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we are playing for keeps out here this afternoon. <laughs> Those Wake Forest fans would be like, "What is going on? Is what is these heathens?" Is Anthrax just... <laughs> playing here tonight? What is going? You guys are laughing. Ben's gonna have those shirts printed up by like six yeah, o'clock. Yeah, tomorrow. Oh, I hope he does. I'll wear one proudly as I take the hill. I mean, I'm telling you, that is. <laughs> if you saw a relatively decent sized dude coming at you, looking very serious about a Florida State weight game, like we're done playing around. This is this means something to us. And you walked in with that shirt on. They, I, I don't I don't feel good about this, guys. We should watch this at the house. Yeah, let's go These to the carnival. Are, we, we don't Florida need to State has finally lost their they finally lost their mind. They've been there's, down so long they just decided to take no prisoners. There's gonna be people posting on there. What do they call those uh the neighborhood posts that like people have in their neighborhoods? <laughs> Careful. Those are the people that are gonna be doing that. Yeah. Florida State's coming to town. Florida State <laughs> And they're an angry lot. They're a very angry lot. Corey Clark leads the way out of frustration. Yep, that's right. That's right, man. I'll do it. I'll take the lead. I'm the head of the snake. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of it. <laughs> You're going to have the flag as we try to enter the stadium. I mean, we hold us back. Five minutes ago, you just talked about how a September game at Wake Forest <laughs> is one of the bigger games in Florida State's history, in recent history. Recent history. Recent that history. should make everybody recoil, shirt, lather up, and get to the hill. Like, just be angry. Be angry mm. on the hill. Not at your team. Be angry at the world and let the team feed off it. Because yeah. it's ridiculous that we're there. It's ridiculous that sentence came out of your mouth. Yeah. And the, and the most ridiculous aspect of the sentence is that you could not retort with oh, anything other than... 100% true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's infuriating. Yeah. But, the, uh, hey, that's where we are. That's that where we are, gang. Let that so how, linger, Ben. How was your vacation, Jeff? Yeah, <laughs> it was good. It was a good thing. Back to that airport. Let's get back to the Tallahassee airport for a second. If I you're going to the Wake Forest game, be sure to fly out of Tallahassee. Oh, my oh, God. Can you luck. imagine a flight from Tallahassee to Winston-Salem? 
Uh, $7,000. <laughs> $7, 2023. <laughs> if you can find it, it's $7,000 round trip per person. And nine nine got, connections. Got no chance. Seminole Headlines, 97.9 ESPN Radio continues in a moment. Seminole Headlines will take a breather. More next. Seminole Headlines returns now on 97.9 ESPN Radio. Wrapping up the hour before we get the headliner questions. We don't mean to bring you down. It's not like that. But we are getting antsy because what are we guys? Are we like 71 days away from the start of football? 70, something like that? It's not it's right not there. That we're, long. In the, we're in the low 70s, yeah. It was just like I think a few shows ago we were sitting here talking, like, hey, we we breached the uh triple digits. It's it's time to get excited. And all of a sudden I look up now when you guys get back from your vacation, be sitting there looking at 50 something days. Whoo! We're gonna to be loose. uh in like three weeks, we're going to be at ACC kickoff up yeah, in North Carolina. In, in Charlotte, yeah. So Talking, uh, talking we'll, to we'll the greatest that uh, this conference has to offer. And I was going <laughs> to say, you talked about like seeing the, the magazines in the, uh, in the airport. Like that's the sign of uh, you know, college yeah. football coming. I always say that it's when that top, the war chant top 40 comes out for, for people of this age, of this generation. It's like, yep, college football is right around the corner. The war chant top 40 is out. So that's that's taking the place of Athlon and Street and Smith, right? I would right. have I would have scoffed at that um, many years ago when this first started. But at Warchant, um, when Gene reached out to me a number of years ago uh, to to help with this exercise of doing the top forty, you know, we all kind of thought, well, this is the height of desperation in the summer to try to find a way to to you know drum up some interesting Florida State talk. And now I look at it as, like you say, Corey, the impetus for everybody else. All the other sites and everybody, they've all taken on the top 40. They all do this. It's, it's you know, we were trendsetters and now it's a tradition. You know, I, I think amongst the Florida State fan base, it is a tradition. They say, you know, guys, I disagree with Corey on this player or that player. I, I think that so and so is going to have a better, bigger impact. But really, they do so over smiles because they understand that um, it's the start of football. The two of you must have just gotten really big news. Tell me, Marvin Jones, you're I, just absolutely committed no, to Florida here's State. What I, you, you I should have taken a picture of my screen to look at my two co-hosts <laughs> staring at their phones intently you while, I talk, at phones. while I talk about the company they work for glowingly. <laughs> and they're just staring at their phones. That's, that's you, how You've that all works. heard it before, buddy. But mm-hmm. – uh, what I was going to say is I was looking at – I went back and looked at the 2013 Top 40, written by uh, D.C. Reeves, the great D.C. Reeves, who's now a proprietor in, uh, in Pensacola. So uh, just to give you an idea of maybe the talent d- disparity, Eddie Goldman was 25 on that list. <laughs> Kelvin Benjamin was 24. Mm-hmm. Nick O'Leary was 23. P.J. Williams was 27. Aguayo was 29. You feel that like there's something. overall a little bit more talent on that roster is what maybe, you're trying to say? Maybe a little bit. There were some misses. You know, Christian Jones was six uh, ahead of, uh, you know, Darby and Freeman and Irving. But, yeah, Cameron Irving was 12. You had a first-round pick that was 12th on this list. Jameis Winston was fifth. There's a lot of first-round picks on that li- list overall. A lot of top two-round picks. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, uh, unbelievable. Unbelievable it was looking a, at this. It was a much more enviable task to sit back and have to rank the top 40. Which of these 40 NFL players belong where? 
Yeah. That's, that's yeah. how that works. Yeah, yeah. That's That was a little bit different. A little bit different. But aspiring to get back to that someday. Aspiring Brian Stork was 19th. Brian Stork won, was an all uh, like a, almost a unanimous All-American and won the Remington Award, and he's 19th on the top 40 in 2013. And I believe so, now coaching at East Tennessee State University. There you go. Yeah. How's he going to recruit people? He's actually, do you remember when you talked to him and like, he was, he was way better as, as just a human being than when he was like in media interviews for football. Oh yeah. He was, he was impossible with media interviews. He was like uh, a Lynch almost like Marshawn Lynch. Like he just didn't want to do any of it. And then I had like a, whatever that I got a 15 minute interview where I kind of got him to open up and talk about I'm like, Man, you're kind of a cool, normal dude. Why don't you do? But he didn't. I mean, I didn't ask that, but I was like, man, he he was like, he was talking totally about his dad because his dad had passed away, um, and uh, he kind of lived on his own his senior year of high school with his sister. And uh, yeah, man, it, he he actually was a pretty cool kid and told it. Well, he wasn't a kid; he was a mountain man. But well, dude, he, it's he, a it's a weird it's a it's a it's a weird experience anyway for like a lot of times for college football players to be interviewed by a group of media. But especially the way things were done under Jimbo. I mean, it was just it was ridiculous because you'd bring we didn't have any relationships with any of those kids because we were never allowed to be around the program. They weren't allowed to associate with anybody outside the program. And then they, they would bring them in a room and sit them on a chair, and yep. you'd have twenty dudes standing around them holding mic. I mean, it's just like I don't know. I mean, you have to be a pretty loquacious person to to be good in that setting. I don't know if. Jeff maybe would be good in that setting if if he was one of those kids, but I don't know if I would have been. I don't know if you would have been, Corey. It's just a weird environment. Yeah. And then and and so a lot of times we judge them based on that. Another guy I think of is Freddie Stevenson, who never said anything in any of our interviews the whole time he played at Florida State. And now he's like on social media, tweeting, doing videos. I mean, he's like kind of creating a little media personality. It's like, dude, you never talked at all when you were at Florida State. I just think it's it's part of it's because of the setup. Um, yeah, I, I like the way they're doing it now. When you have access and they get a chance to see you more frequently, I think right. they're more apt to obviously open up and talk a little bit and have a little bit more respect for what you're trying to accomplish as a media member as well. Um, but I, I do, I, you know, this is a total aside. Uh, and we've had the opportunity now because Norvell's media policy is a good one, in my view. I like a lot of these kids. Like, I, I, I'm not going to be afraid to admit beyond my loyalties to Florida State. I'm, I'm rooting for a lot of these guys to have success because I, I think this is a more likable group, uh, one that's bought in and working really hard. Uh, and I hope that it's something that aesthetically you can see. You know, I, I don't know because they may not be good enough. You get beat, you get beat. People don't really care about whether or not uh, you, you like your players or not. But I hope it's something that translates when we watch them play. That they are it's an eminently likable group that has bought in and is working very hard. I hope it translates. Uh, the only way it maybe will is through wins, but we'll see. Uh, because they haven't been fun to talk about either uh, these last three well, years. Or to watch. I mean, just you know, Corey always rants about the the you know the celebrating after you know drop passes and things like that. Sure. I mean, that, that's all stuff that. On top of losing and on top of getting embarrassed in games, just some of that is just it's it's hard to root for. And I think he does have a group of guys that are more in line with what you know he wants to see, and I think what fans are going to want to see. Hey, if I said this real quick to round out the hour before we get to our questions, like uh, another part of this exercise, and Ira, you mentioned I think in the last show we did that you end up ranking a lot of defensive backs in the top thirty. You know, I mean, there's a lot of guys, there's a lot of talent there. We think they haven't always played like it but there is a lot of talent in that secondary and i know we got a question about it next hour 
but the other way to when you start to get your hopes up, other than the offensive line, what is your biggest concern? Is it linebacker? Would we agree it's linebacker? Um, I don't know. Yeah, probably. Probably. I'm not 100% sure. I'm a little, you know, still curious about wide receiver. Um, and I think the offense is going to be better. Um, but, you know, it's like, you know, the the two guys that have experience really, I mean, you're t- Ontario Wilson, Keyshawn Helton, that's about it, right? In terms of experience right. in that wide receiver core. And it's not like either of them has ever been a dominant player. Andrew Parchman from Kansas is, you know, what you're hoping is it can be a number one guy. He's been that before, but not at a Florida State. Um, so Kansas, fo- so, Kansas football is here to save the day in Tallahassee. So receiver. Kansas football. <laughs> so, Thank goodness he's here. We have to, we have to do a welfare check on Corey after the show. <laughs> we call the uh, Gwinnett authorities and ask them to go <laughs> do right. a door check. Is he okay? I'm just telling you, I'm just telling you, linebackers, buddy. I look at that list when we were doing the ranking, and I'm like, Oof. oh, there's nothing there it, with Emmett Rice. The, his his status unknown. There there is nothing in that linebacking core that's done anything. Of well, note. I mean, Amari Gaynor should be. I think he's going to be okay. He's going to be right, fine. but he hasn't done it yet. You but I think he'll be, okay. be. But we said that last year too, and he's like, okay, sometimes he showed up, sometimes he didn't get on the field. So I'm just, I, you know, I'm going to warn everybody. I'll warn everybody right now. The area of concern for me at linebacker is they're going to get isolated and have to cover people, and I don't think they can. I'm going to watch that very closely. I don't know what we do schematically, but there are teams that are going to find a way to isolate our linebackers in coverage because none of those kids can. Amari's got the best chance, but I, I don't know, man. But you know what's going to happen? My man Jamie Robinson's going to peel off of his man, mm-hmm. come back okay. across the field. And light a few guys up, and then they're going to stop. They're not going to use alligator arms after that. And Jermaine Johnson's going to strip sack the quarterback before he even has a chance to throw it to the running back out in the flat. It's a wrap. Well, well, you know what? It is abundantly clear that if you're going to protect those linebackers, Jermaine Johnson's going to have to be the guy that we're all hoping he is, and he looks like he could be. Mm-hmm. I mean, he when you see him, you think, okay, could be a superstar. Let's hope he is because they have not gotten any pressure on the quarterback in years. And then everybody gets exposed. Headliner questions forthcoming. Hang in. Seminal Headlines will take a breather. More next.